Good afternoon all, Steve Parisi here with IVC Global. Hope your day is a fantastic one thus far. I think I say that too much. Today, we've got a familiar face. You may know him from some prior videos and podcasts on our channel. Brandon Pagobo, one of our agents. Brandon, how are you today? Ah, oh, excellent. How are you doing today, Steve? Thumbs up, my friend. Full energy with the second cup of coffee. You're trying to get full energy. That's all <laughs> I can say. Yep. <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks so much for, for making some time today. I know you're you're busy every single day and very disciplined with your schedule as well. So thanks for, for fitting this in. Um, what I wanted to talk about is really your role at the company as an agent and some of the stuff that you experience on a daily basis. So this way, if anyone is considering working with you, our company, like what, what does the process look like? Maybe it's the initial education or after the fact. Like if I buy a policy, what's it look like after the fact from a service standpoint, a relationship standpoint? If I'm working with Brandon, like what's that actually going to look and feel like for my own personal comfort? Because if I'm opening a policy, I'm looking to put a decent amount of money in, re regardless of how much money I make, it's all relative. So I wanna know who am I working with? Are they competent? And do I like them? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that a lot, actually. Um, people call in and usually it's after the first or possibly even the second call where they say, all right, Brandon, I love this product. I'm ready to go. Um, will you be my agent from now on? And usually the reason why they ask that is uh, they do have life insurance possibly already in force or they have a friend or family member who has life insurance in force. Um, the agent sold them the policy, but the agent pretty much just went non-existent afterward. Yeah. So they would have questions on how much mech space they can contribute into their policy. How could they take loans out from their policy? Um, hey, something I didn't notice before about this specific writer. And the agent would never get back to them. So at the end of usually the first or second conversation that I have with them, that's the question I'm presented with most. Are you going to be my point of contact from now on? Gotcha. Great question. I always get that. <clears throat> gotcha. No, thanks for sharing that. And that that is an excellent question. And on your point, I mean, where a lot of people have experienced working, you know, with another agent or someone else in the business purchasing a policy, and then the person either is non-responsive or it's difficult to get back to them or, or just to get a response out of them, which happens for a number of reasons. One, the person you know is just trying to generate new sales. That's their focus. Two, they're not in the business anymore. That happens sometimes for a number of reasons. Or three, they just get too busy and they're, they're trying to get back to people. I've seen some of the, the most successful agents and salespeople really struggle with that when they've got that personal obligation to get back to someone and they just can't do it because there's not enough time in the day. <laughs> you ever feel like that? <laughs> yeah, some sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So on that point, so that's a, a question and it's it can be uncomfortable because they're asking you, like, are you my guy? So if I'm working with you and you go through policy design, loan interest, all this stuff that I get it when I talk to you, I get it when I watch a video, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to be able to keep track of this, but I know you've got my back. So I say, hey, Brandon, like, are you my guy? Like, uh, are you going to 
stay with me forever or am I going to start to work with a different department or never hear from anyone again? What does that look like? How do you, how do you respond to that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Just to get straight to the point, I, you, I always say, I am your guy. So they don't call it whole life insurance for nothing. I'm with you for your whole life. Um, so we, I always like to um, remind them that after their policy goes in force, um, we always reach out to them every six months and every year for review meetings. If they'd like to see any in-force illustrations, that's when we can run it for them as well. If they want to know what the uh, updated uh, you know, dividend is for that year, that's when we can touch base. If they wanted to switch on their index rider, all of those things. Um, and also in between those times, if they had any questions, um, whether it just be general questions or specific questions on their policy or cash value life insurance, such as, hey, how can I take a loan out from my policy? How much mech space do I have left to contribute into my policy for the rest of this policy year? Um, I would be your guy. I'm your point of contact. I would let you know ASAP, you know, um, you know, the answer to your inquiry. Um, we also have, you know, our whole team working for the individual as well. So we have our case designers who, um, you know, could possibly run that enforced illustration for them as well. We have our client relations department who can walk them through the loan process. I mean, it is extremely efficient. Um, and so you'll have not just me as your point of contact, um, but also the whole team. So if you had specific questions on your policy, I'd be your guy for you. Gotcha. Very nice. So that, that gives me peace of mind. And, you know, those other departments you mentioned, so you've got support there, which really help. I mean, why we put those in force in the company is to help with speed, right? Because if, if you're my guy, so I always say, okay, Brandon, I want to take a loan for 50 grand for my policy. Like, you're my guy. I let you know because I don't want to reach out to someone else, but I want to reach out to you because I like you. How, what do you actually do from there? So you're going to fill out the paperwork, make sure it's perfect and send it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll be myself and also client relations who would send that paperwork over to you. Um, we would look through it, make sure that it's perfect so that you can get that loan in the quickest way possible because speed is of the essence. Yeah. That's how I 100% agree. Yeah. And then they provide a lot of detail, but you're always CC'd on it. Yeah, they're, they're proficient there too, especially as they've, they've grown the department. Nice. Okay. So you've got my back all the way through. And that's important. Kind of what we touched on before where a lot of agents and such just disappear after the fact, having that reassurance that it's you and you've got backup, right? Which is the, the company we've got in the event that you're sick or something like that. You can't get back if you're out of town, you know, with no service, cell service or anything like that. You do have backup as well as a policyholder. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, I bought a car about uh, two or three months ago, and I was sitting in the showroom, um, already bought the car, but I could listen to the dealers talking behind yeah. me. And the way they were talking, it was almost like they didn't really even care for the individuals that they sold the car to. Their main focus was just to sell the car, get it off the lot, and you're out of my life forever. Next. And you know, that really was a, a turnoff for me. I, I, I thought for a second, maybe I should go to a different dealer. Yeah. Um, 
it reminded me that, you know, it's not just policies that we're dealing with, it's individuals that we're dealing with. Their families are involved as well. Um, it's definitely something that um, the agent, uh, including myself, we should really, you know, take a lot of, um, you know, it's very important for us to remember that. Yeah, take time, listen, understand really what their objectives are, you know, things they mentioned just in conversations, taking note of it so we don't forget. And when a conversation comes up, right, if they had a goal to, you know, give to a foundation or pay for their kid's college, whatever it might be, initiating that conversation or mentioning it to say, hey, I remember when we connected years ago, you did say that this was a goal. Just it shows them that you care, you took notes, you remembered, you listened. And I've seen that in you quite a bit from day one. Well, I remember when we first met during that interview, <laughs> you're like, all right, this guy has that. Um, but doing that goes such a long way because kind of what you mentioned with the car dealership, like you hear people, ah, whatever, I just want to sell this, this people, like they're making fun of the client. I hate that so much. Like it makes me uncomfortable. If I'm working somewhere, it makes people afraid to ask questions. And that's that's not like you can't do that stuff. Like it's it's we're it's their money we're dealing with. So listening to them, helping them out, and giving them reassurance that hey, I'm here for you goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's um let's transition a little bit because you mentioned something prior to our call that kind of stuck with me. Um, some of the people you enjoy working with, and particularly the case sizes, because uh, I've heard this a million times that people are under the impression that we only work with someone if you've got a minimum of like fifty or a hundred thousand per year per year to pay into a policy, which is not the case, by the way, um, but. A lot of the people you work with, um, you've mentioned some qualities they've had, and they've had smaller policies. And how you give, and all of our agents do this, but I've seen it a lot with you, where you give that same attention to someone paying, you know, $1,500 per year from a minimum premium, call it, that you would to someone paying in $500,000 per year. So if you want to you know, talk to that a little bit, you know, I, I'd love it. I think people would appreciate it as well. But it's something, a quality that you had where just giving everyone the time of the day, if you want to call it that. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I get that question quite a bit. You know, people often feel, um, all right, well, I don't have a huge uh, amount of money that I want to contribute into a policy per year. Call it, let's say, at ten to 15000 And they feel that that's very low. And they say always, you know, I, I know you have clients who are putting in a hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollars uh, into their policy per year. Can you help me? What is your ideal client? So basically, they're they're asking, um, will I give them the same service that I would give to an individual that has a much higher max base? And the answer to that is, of course. Why wouldn't I? Um, Mentioning, I mean, what you had mentioned before about, you know, some of the clients that stand out in my mind, um, they actually asked me those questions. Wow. They, they said, uh, you know, what is your ideal client? And this is from the first call. Um, usually what I tell them is my ideal client is individuals who are forward thinking individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for different avenues or different ways on how they can keep their money working for them. Um, So they're really hitting two birds with one stone. Yes, you do have a death benefit, but more importantly, you have the living benefits 
within your policy as well. Forward-thinking individuals will say, I don't wanna just use my $1 once. I wanna use my $1 twice or even three times. Yeah. Um, and these types of individuals, they're awesome to work with. Um, sometimes, you know, it does uh, take a while to understand the entire policy design and the mechanics of things, um, but I'm more than happy to help them out uh, with that educational process. And, um, you know, it's, it's always a pleasure to work with those types of individuals. Yeah, thank, thanks for sharing that. So with that forward thinking mindset where you're helping them progress forward, I mean, one, they've got to appreciate it, but I, I'd imagine your conversations go well beyond just policy design. Here's how to maximize your cash value. They may ask, okay, I got that down. How do I use it now? Like, here are some things I, I'd like to do, you know, as far as maybe investing in real estate. I've got some debt to pay off. Is that something you'll walk them through, coach them through to say, hey, here's some examples and the details of how it would work? if you want to go into that a bit? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, some individuals, um, actually, a lot of individuals that I work with, um, when the policy goes in force, um, you know, and they have adequate cash value within it, they're going to want to start using their policy. It's yeah. cash value is not meant to just sit in there and, and look pretty. They want to take loans out from it. And they still want to continue to earn a dividend on loaned out funds as if it were still sitting inside of the policy the entire time. Mm -hmm. So different people have different goals, different ambitions. Some individuals, like you mentioned, um, want to have the cash value so that they can get into real estate. Um, maybe a lot of times it's their first house that they're purchasing for their uh, newly founded family. Um, some people need that cash value so that they can purchase a car. Uh, un other individuals are using that cash value to pay for their child's tuition. So lots of different scenarios there. And I am always happy to run some um, illustrations for them on how it would look if they were to take out a loan of X amount and how it would look like if they were to pay that loan back in X amount of years, or if they like different scenarios as well. So um, that's always a fun process to, to help people with their actual life goals and their uh, you know financial ambitions as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And I mean, if you're helping them out, giving them the time of day, if they're a business owner, referring them clients or making introductions to help them, that, that goes such a long way. And naturally what it does, and I can speak to this as well, is it makes people want to help you as well. So then it does help you grow your business, you know, for referrals where you don't have to make someone uncomfortable to say, hey, who do you know that can benefit from my services? Like, give me your phone book. You're like, oh, like, no, don't do that stuff, man. <laughs> I know I'm saying in general, like, I, I hate that stuff. If someone did it to me, who do you know? Um, it's more so, hey, if I really like someone, like they do a good job for me, the the experience was great, the product was great, they all, they're always responsive. Now I'm comfortable referring you, Brandon, people I know, because you're going to take care of them. Like, that's the big thing there. So it really ties in with the golden rule, just do to others as you want done to you. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And, and everything works out no matter what. But you helping people like that, they, they can see it. You, you've got that real personality. You're always there for them. Um, and then naturally, your business grows and you've continued to grow 
quite well as you've been here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that a good reputation goes very far. Um, you know, and, and when people go shopping for anything, whether it be for an agent or just for a new pair of shoes, I mean, the person who is servicing them is uh, they're going to stand out in that, in that individual's minds. Uh, that person is going to uh, play a bearing on, a, you know, what kind of product that they're going to be purchasing. And if they had any questions on it, they shouldn't ever feel uncomfortable about, you know, referring that individual or also reaching out to them to ask for further questions. So um, yeah. totally understand that importance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's got to be earned to call it that, right? For someone to refer you business, like it's got to be earned and vice versa. Like if you work with a professional, if you're going to refer that professional, your friends and family, you've got to like them. They've got to be thorough. If they just try to rush you through and you hear them talking about their sales, you know, negatively behind a closed door, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for your time today. Let me just uh, ask this before we, we recap, before we at, close, because we're at the, the end of the time allotted here. Any other questions that you had or anything that you wanted to, to bring up? I know we talked about the number one customer service issue and a little bit of your client's experience. Anything else you had on mind? No, uh, no, there's nothing really in particular that I had on mine. Um, you know, it's always a, a great thing to meet individuals, especially during this COVID time. We all need a little bit of <laughs> interaction from time to time. So it's always extremely enjoyable for me to connect with individuals from, um, you know, all over the country. So I'm um, looking forward to speaking with you guys very soon. Yeah, no, likewise. We've got Brandon's contact info below. Feel free to reach out anytime. And Brandon, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Steve. All right. Enjoy. Thank you so much.